What's up? And welcome to another episode of Ask PG Braun with another guest host this week. Uh, this week, we have my sales director, machine sales director, I will say, is a juggernaut in sales, uh, Sammy Gannam, who is also an IFBB Pro classic. classic bodybuilder. He got his pro card last year at Nationals. Um, and he had a short but very effective off season and got on stage uh, three and a half weeks ago in Canada and went into Canada first show and uh, got second place. I would say to the to the outside looking in, it was a more controversial second place um, on the judges scorecards. They had him as the second no matter what, but. The fans of the sport that were watching all saluted that Sammy's condition was so far superior to Rough Diesel. And I'm not going to sit here and talk bad about Rough Diesel because he's a good bodybuilder, but he was pretty soft. And somebody that is that good genetically, I don't feel that they should get a pass on being soft. Uh, I talked about this with Chris Aceto in between the prejudging and night show. And um, again, uh, he is a very good bodybuilder, and bodybuilding is is a lot a, a lot of things combined. It's not just com condition, uh, but he he was really off on condition, and I personally would have picked Sammy to win. I'm not saying that because he's my friend and he works for me. I'm not that kind of person. Uh, regardless, though, everybody started talking about him after that because he was in such goddamn good shape, and he had the 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 bug had bit him hard and. Uh, he called me uh, as soon as the show was over and said, what do you think about me competing again? And I told him that I thought he should compete again. And so now Texas, which is the, what is it called? The Battle of Texas? Yes, sir. The Battle of Texas is going on this Saturday. And uh, today is Sammy's last day here. So I thought we would get him in uh, on the podcast and talk to, to him a little bit about his prep and whatnot and working with Chris Aceto. So welcome Sammy to the podcast. Thanks for having me, PJ. And if he does a good job, you guys have to tell me because the 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 future of the podcast is undecided on who is going to be the co-host with me. <laughs> so I could ask you a very cliche question and basically be like, so how are you feeling? But, you know, we could get a very basic answer from that. So what I would like to know is how is this prep right now different than what you did for Canada just four weeks ago? Rearranging gears, I guess you can say. Um, stepping back on certain things and reevaluating some of the foods I was eating. Um, for instance, I don't recommend anyone to use canned chicken. <laughs> you were eating canned chicken like crazy. Yeah, definitely caused an inflammation for sure. Um, it was thrown off my, I guess you would say, fat loss process. It is... Um very cost effective. When I was young, I was eating Kirkland canned chicken like crazy. Um, but I could see it. I could definitely see it causing inflammation. I think if you are not competing, go ahead, eat all the canned chicken that you want. hundred uh, percent. Is there a fair amount of sodium in there? <laughs> There's a fair amount of sodium and artificial preservatives. Yes. That will hold the film around your skin. <laughs> now, if you, if you talk to the uh, Evan Centipanis of the world, he'll tell you you should only be eating free-range chicken. So that's a complete different direction by eating the canned stuff. Uh, regardless, you still looked amazing at the show, so you're not eating canned chicken anymore. Nope. Um, and, uh, you know, you've been working with Chris Aceto for a while. Uh, I'm a big uh, fan and advocate of Chris Aceto's work. You've obviously had really good su success with him. Very good success. Um, what would you say, like going into this prep, you know, do you, does Chris feel better about this show than the last show? Do you feel better about it? I feel actually really good about the show, and Chris does too. Um, a lot fuller, a lot harder. I guess a lot of people have been saying a lot of healthier look mm -hmm. and um, brought up a lot of weak points that I could in such a short amount of time. So the lineup for this show is considerably more people. 37 to be exact. And there was, what, 11 at the last one? There was 12. Does it make you nervous seeing all those extra people? I was actually more nervous in the MPC than I was in the IFBB. Why? Um, because getting your pro card was like a racetrack for me. 
mm-hmm. every show, every national show I did, I was placing fourth, third, second, and it was stressful. Um, I really wanted my pro card, and at a point I thought I was going to give up, um, but I just stuck to it. You know, cause why did you think that you were going to give up? Because you had a, a pretty fast rise to success. Fast rise, but I definitely I'm more open book, so uh, I definitely stumbled upon on some gears that kind of drove my uh, central nervous system a little bit too much. So you were taking things that didn't affect you properly. Correct. Now, I will tell you guys a side story before we go back into the pro stuff. When Sammy first started working for me, you'll remember this story. Um, He was getting hyped up from all his friends, and uh, Louis Maldonado uh, was like, wait till you see my man Sammy in sales. He's getting his pro card this year. And I was like, really? Wow, I haven't heard of him before. He's going to get his pro card this year. I'm like, send him in here. And so he posed for me, and I was hard on him, much like Dave Palumbo was always hard on me. I wasn't as mean as Dave Palumbo and said, your ass looks like my grandma's. Uh, But I told you, I was like, nope, you're not ready. I said, you got a lot of work to do. And uh, he was very receptive to it and said, will you help me? And so we did like a four-week crash course Mm -hmm. for the show. And he got in much better shape and he went into the show and he actually got second place. Correct. And I told you, I go, look, so that guy that beat you, there's going to be like 50 more of those at nationals. So you got to think to yourself, am I really ready to go get this pro card yet? This is something that I wanted you to see, but you changed a lot fast. It just shows you how good you can be on the right program. And then after that, he got his shit together. Serious. And the following year, you were, what, welterweight at? USA's. USA's and got what, fourth? Got fourth. And then the next show you did was what? Nationals. And you did what there? I got second. Second. And Fucked up my tan. So that one, that one, he had told me in his prep, he was like, I'm going to switch over from bodybuilding to classic. And I, he said, I feel like I have a more classic physique. And I don't think I liked it at first. No, you didn't. I think I was I was hard on you about it. I've always been hard on Sammy, but it's because I believe in him so much. So I went to the show, and it was a very big class. How many guys were in that class? 26 to be. Exact. There was a lot of guys in that class. And so I was excited for Sammy because he was in very, very good condition, which I always say is the most important thing that you can bring to the bodybuilding stage. And he came out with, with no uh, oil on at all. Very bad mistake for all you competitors out there. Always make sure to put on oil. Uh, and all of us that were watching were like, oh, my God, why does he have no oil on? And um, so I will tell you that we were screaming very loud. And I saw uh, Steve Weinberger look at Sammy and realize, holy shit, that kid shredded. The light's just not hitting him the right way. And he moved him into the middle. And we were like, oh, thank God. And... Um, he, he almost won, but he still got his, his pro card. He obviously, he had oil on at the, at the finals, looked dramatically better. And, um, and then that was it. Then it was into the pros starting over, but he's already uh, on to a fast start. So now you're going to leave uh, tomorrow, right? Yes, sir. And you go out to Texas, and uh, there's a few names uh, on the list that I know competing at that show. Do you look at the names of the competitors that you're going against? I have to be honest to the folks. Yes, I do. What do you like? What do you do? Do you like size them up? Do you like look at all their poses? Correct. But I've backed off a lot from doing that from last year. You know, I always tell people I really don't think that anything positive comes from that because you don't know what version of that guy is going to show up anyway. You could look at pictures of somebody and be like, wow, this guy sucks. And he could show up his best ever. Or you could be like, damn, this guy's amazing. Stress yourself out. And he come up real soft and you can come in great. He's 100% correct. Um, and I think that you spend more time worrying about others when in reality, in a subjective sport like bodybuilding, all that matters is you being your best anyway. You're just competing against yourself at that point. So, so one of the things that I wanted to talk about is uh, for this year specifically, it seems like more people than ever are talking about SARMs and using SARMs. And it, SARMs have become a very big part of bodybuilding. Correct. And there are a few people that are pretty pro SARMs. Uh, uh, Greg uh, du- Duquette, is that how you say his name? Shit, I think. Uh, I saw one of his things talking about using SARMs in one of his YouTube videos. And um, he looks very good. Um, speaking to you, I know that you've used more SARMs this year than, than I would say 
most people would even know about because you've done a lot of research. What is your what is your thought on SARMs and the future of bodybuilding? Hybriding it. So basically taking steroids and injectable SARMs or oral SARMs at the same time. I don't think that people really have the knowledge of SARMs yet. And so when people don't know things, they sometimes bash them. I myself have used a few SARMs very, very effectively. They just didn't have SARMs when I was competing. Correct. We just didn't have them. Um, I will tell you right now, though, if we had SARMs when I was competing, there would be some that you absolutely use no matter what. I mean, we all went crazy for S23. I mean, I talked 100%. about it. I talked about it every day that I was on it in my Q&A that I've never had an oral affect me like that before. 100%. And I love, love, love Anivar. Um, and I think Anivar is probably the best oral that you can take overall as far as its health and everything else and what it does. But I never had one affect me as, as crazy as S23 where it made me very strong, very hard, very full. I mean, it was a lot of positives. Um, and I need to do another run of it because I had mono the last time. And so my blood work looked very bad and I was originally blaming it on the S23. But now I think because of the mono that that was a big factor in my blood being bad. 100%. So I will, I will, I will run it again. Um, I've run rad 140. I've run YK 11. I've run LGD. I've run Osterine. What do you think for a contest prep is the most beneficial, beneficial SARMs that you can use? Well, first, I think you should get to a lean point. So starting maybe go hard on a cycle of maybe test trend mass, you know, get to a point where you're at like eight to 10%, body, like 8% body fat. And then you start introducing them. Um, I'm a big fan of a combination of S23 injectable or oral, doesn't really matter, 20 milligrams, uh, YK11 at 10 to 20 milligrams. And then Rad140 oral, not really a big fan of, more of a big fan of the injectable. Um, the reason why they all work kind of synergistically in different pathways. Um, for instance, if you look at, I like to describe S23 as like a Mastronon and an Anadrol with no water retention. I also like to describe, uh, uh, what's it called? YK11 as trend with no side effects besides the obviously aggression. And people are going to be like bullshit when you say that, but you have to just try it yourself is what I think. I'm more of a guinea pig. Uh, anyone will tell you I'm one to research something, and I do a little bit of research, and I take it. So I will tell you, though, that he is conservative with how he doses things, though. 100%. Microdosing a lot of things, and I just feel it's better to – to. I learned this from Tony. Um, it's Tony better huge. to short blitz cycles. Mm -hmm. So a point they always point out is side effects. Once a side effect can, uh, comes in that you really don't like, whether it's high blood pressure, hair loss – um, acne, whatever it is, drop the compound, switch to the next compound. There's so many you can fuck with. It, it, it's literally insane. And I think that one of the strong, strong, strong parts of SARMs is that they work fast and they're out of your system fast. 100%. And the cool thing is, uh, obviously, an oral compound still goes through the liver. Um, that's why injectable is more beneficial because you're shooting intramuscular. So it's going straight into your bloodstream. So you're not going to get any kind of crazy toxicity or you're going to see less side effects and you're going to get at the, more of the actual full compound because you don't really know with an oral compound, you don't know how, how much you're getting after it gets breaking down in the system. Do you trust the SARM sources out there, though? I mean, that makes me a little bit nervous, these research chem sites and whatnot. Not all of them. Uh, definitely not all of them. I would look for a reputable source. Um, don't say any on the on there. I definitely <laughs> won't say any. Um, um, but you guys can look on a bunch of people's Instagrams. They're always repping it. Yeah, do do your 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 background work. You know, if you don't have a doctor, like I'm very fortunate to have a doctor that will will write me scripts for whatever I want now. I did not have that when I was competing. And most of you guys are not gonna have that. So you're running risks with everything that you take. You don't know if you're taking some weird stuff from Mexico that was cooked in a bathtub. You really don't know. So, you know. I have people that tell me that they think that they're using Anivar and they tell me side effects and I know that they're not. I have people that tell me that they think that you're you. one of the guys in this office, I'm not going to say his name, was using some testosterone that when he switched to what was real testosterone, it dramatically changed his physique and made him feel considerably different because what he was using was probably massively underdosed or not. Or made in a bathtub. Yeah, you, you don't you don't know. So these are risks. You're running pretty much the same risks actually, with gear 
Azure Sarms these days. Wouldn't you say, PJ, it's better to go if you're looking for testosterone and you may have your levels shut down? Isn't it better to go through a doctor? Absolutely. It's so easy now. I, people are, are always telling me, they're like, oh, I, I can't find a doctor. I guess you just have to go to Florida then because here there are so many doctors doing it that I actually don't know anyone that's not on testosterone now. I mean, dude, at the age of 24... Shit, I seen twenty one guys. Yeah. If they have if their nanograms are shut down to like four hundred, I mean two hundred or sometimes hundred, being that they didn't post psychotherapy right or they their just levels never came back to normal. And it's not just bodybuilders. You know, my dad, you know, my dad's he's young. He's a young guy, but he's he's still fifty years old. Yeah, and he doesn't work out at all. Nope. Sits down for most of the day. Does not eat right. Uh, but I told him, I go, you should get on testosterone, got him on testosterone a couple years ago and his energy, he said is considerably better. His attitude is better. He's happier. He even said he felt smarter. Um, I know that his sex drive is better. Not that I want to talk about that. Um, it's been overall very, very good for him. And that's somebody that's not a bodybuilder at all. So, you know, I think a lot of people think that these HRT doctors are for all the meatheads that are working out and stuff, but they should have been treating low testosterone many, many years ago because they, they treat women with menopause. They've been treating women with menopause for 50 years, probably more than that. Yeah, but some of these fucking doctors don't know what they're doing. Like, uh, for instance, I had a client, this, uh, a beautiful woman that I know that she's my neighbor, and they prescribed her two different menopausal medications that one was doing one thing. The one They were both doing the same thing, and it was literally causing irru- like weird side effects, like the opposite of what it's supposed to do from the beneficial side. And what did she do? Just get off one of them? Or yeah, both she of just them? got one of them. I researched it because obviously Google tells you everything. Yep. <laughs> and I said I would, from what I'm researching on this review, I'd go with that. And then when she did that, she dramatically changed. Brightening in the face. Didn't feel so bloated. Actually lost five pounds of water. So That's the thing. I mean, I, I feel that in this day and age, and this is going to get looked at negatively, and this this may not be the the greatest statement, but it's just something that I, that I've seen overall is that in this day and age, you really want to find a younger doctor because medicine changes consistently. And a lot of these old time doctors, they're just set in their ways of old medicine and they don't even know about any of this new stuff. And I find that the younger doctors are really more in tune with what's going on now, what, what kind of new changes they're seeing in medicine, in the human body. And I think that you see a lot more positive from the younger doctors. Now, the the one downside, of course, is going to be that they don't have the same experience. You know, one doctor can say, well, I have 25 years of experience with this particular drug and I know, you know, the long term benefits to it where the younger guys are not. But I, I have I have had a lot of success with younger doctors sure. um, and then just their knowledge. I mean, one of the doctors that I work with um, that, you know, actually. Um, he doesn't know anything about SARMs at all. Nothing. He's, he, you could ask him the names and he won't know anything. He'll tell you it's bad news. Um, but I've also talked to a younger doctor and he, this doctor loves SARMs and he was actually, from what I understand, prescribing some of them, I think, uh, at one point at least to, to some of his patients in the beginning. I mean, you could prescribe Bostrian for osteoporosis. There was one that um, people are using, and I don't even know if it's actually a SARM, so I could be be making a shitty statement with this, but there's one that I, I've seen doctors doing now. It's the um, ibutamorin, albutamorin. Oh, ibutamorin. It's a growth hormone sacrificant. I'm seeing all these new doctors doing that one now. Now, I asked my older doctor about it. He didn't even know, know what it was. I mean, it's it's like all the GHRP2s, the epimorelin, CJC. Have you used it? Uh, yeah, MK677. And you like it? I like it. The only thing I don't like is it does cause a lot of water retention and activates ghrelin. So that's what a lot of people have said to me is the water retention part of it. Yeah, and if you suffer from serious water retention, you can get like an edema-like effect in your legs. What about, um, this is one that, I get asked me a lot now. This is another one. What do you think about the doctors that are prescribing um, instead of just growth hormone? They're they're they're, tr- they're prescribing other GH. Um, what's a good example of one that I'm seeing? CJC. That's epimorelin. Um, um, no, Samorlin. Samorlin is the one I'm hearing a lot now. Waste of time. So to me, is a lot of people can't 
afford growth hormone. Correct. But here's the thing. If you can afford it, a little bit goes such a long way that there's truly no reason to not do it. To uh, use two years, you're looking at great muscle foundation. I spoke to a woman yesterday, a member of the Blackstone Labs family, and she said that she's been using uh, two IUs of growth hormone for many years and that the only downside she ever had was she actually took a period of a few months where she got off of it and she said her body like fell apart and she's a little older and I said I I see no reason why you wouldn't just do that for the rest of your life now. Um, I thought that that was a, a little bit of an aggressive dose for a woman but she looks young um, her body is amazing. It's not doing anything negative to her. I think one unit is great for most women, but you know, I, I, I think that the key though with growth hormone is you got to just be on it for a while. And I learned that from you. Um, one thing I could point out for women that I think is very beneficial for growth hormone. It might be a placebo. It might not be, but I read a lot about it into it. Six months into a girl, a woman doing one IU a day, whether, whatever they're getting, make sure obviously it's a pharma grade. I think it treats heavily for depression. Yes. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, because it, whatever it does to your brain or whatever it does, it just, you become a, a, girl, a woman becomes a new person. And it's better than prescribing anti-depression medication, I think, getting prescribed something that's going to keep you younger. Well, it'll, it'll actually uh, reduce the stress of your menstrual cycle for a woman. There's a number of, of positive things that it, it'll do for your overall well-being. Um, we can, I knew this was going to happen. We can keep talking about gear and cycles for hours, but I don't want to get too off track with, we talked about that that you are an advocate of SARMs going into the show. So you have a few more days going into the show. I know you probably don't want to give away all the secrets, um, but what's coming up for you like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, have you started a carb up yet? You haven't started anything. The thing about Chris Aceto is everything's unplanned. It's the next day you get the email. Best bin. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Add 50 carbs to this meal, this meal, and this meal. Uh, Chris is very, you kind of understand, I call it the acetyl language. Yeah, he's very monotone. Um, he, he likes to get right to the point, and uh, we'll see. Uh, knowing him, it's probably just going to be very plain and simple, chicken and rice. Now, let me, let me ask you this, because I know you very well, and you are uh, a type A personality, and you are extremely um, aggressive, and like to plan ahead how hard was that for you to st- start working with somebody like that that you're gonna have to go day to day with learn him because i do the same thing and i would say that i was inspired by chris Aceto when i was young he's probably the well i mean <laughs> this is gonna sound bad but i actually was inspired by dave palumbo not doing things the way that i wanted to which made me want to do it better than him because I thought that Dave um, would take too long getting back to me. And Dave, you know, would be like, this is what you're going to do for a week, no matter what. And then when that week comes up, you send in your your check-in, and then he tells you to do this for the next week. And to me, I wanted more than that. And um, I will say I made my, my, my life harder because I let my athletes talk to me every single day, which is what I still do. And I think most people that work with Aceto are going to realize that things are going to change the closer you get to a show day to day. But for, for a lot of people, man, I've seen a lot of my girl athletes there. It's hard for them to handle it. When I tell them, look, here's most likely what, what you're going to do, but getting into show week, we're going to talk every day. This might change. And they're like, well, I need to shop for the next week and I need to cook for the next week. And I, I need to know. And I can tell them, look, it'll be probably pretty close to this layout, but I might some change some things at the end. And people have a very hard time with that. I would have a hard time with that because with my personality. Um, but getting to know him, cool thing about Chris is you're going to expect an answer right away. Um, he will get back to you. Uh, his mind is very – and if he forgets to get back to you and he forgets to email you, he'll call you out of the blue. He'll get, you'll be driving somewhere and like, like, why hasn't Chris messaged me back? I'm wondering why. I would ask my wife that and boom, call from Chris Theo. And it wouldn't be a hello or anything like that. It would be like, how many carbs are you having today? Okay, okay. okay. Have a burger and fries. Two large fries. And it's kind of it's kind of cool because he, he cares. And no, he doesn't take. Uh, I'm sorry to say, guys, I've sent a lot of people to him, but 
I just realized he doesn't take a lot of people. No, he doesn't uh, because he's passionate about what he does and he doesn't need the money. He does not need the money. We're not going to talk about Chris Cito being rich or anything like that, but he does not need the money. He's doing it because he likes to do it and because he is he's very, very, very good at it. He is, he is arguably the best ever. He is the best. And I don't think that he'll just walk around and say that I'm the best ever, but I, I do believe that in his brain he knows that he's the best ever. I like to say he has an eye, kind of like you. He is, um, and I would like Eric to, this is, this is one of the ones that I want cut out <laughs> for when we hype up this show. He is the perfect example of how I think coaching should be done. And what you just said with him calling you out of the blue and saying, how many carbs are you eating right now? I have had athletes say to me, like, how do you not know what I'm eating? And I say to them, because I'm doing a million other things. I'm asking you real quick to tell me what you've been doing so I can fix you real quick. And I love that Aceto does that. I love that he will change something right on a whim like that. And I, I think that that's how the human body works. And uh, that's something that made me really, really respect him uh, years ago. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to uh, work with him quite a bit because he was covering shows with RX Muscle, and so was I. And that was a very, very cool experience for me because you got Dave Palumbo, you got Chris Aceto, and somehow you have me and Aaron Singerman, right? And they're wanting our opinion on the show too. So I'm watching the show from the same perspective as, of, as Dave and Chris. And we're all talking about ideas and, and theories and whatnot. And I don't think that you could have a better learning experience than watching a show with those two guys who do things completely different. They both have respect for each other. And, you know, I had my theories on things, but I was able to absorb so much of that information that, that most people would never, ever get to be a part of. Also, they were both often coaching people in the shows. So I'd be at a show and, you know, Juan Morel would be competing and, you know, Chris Aceto perhaps was working with Cedric McMillan at the time. I was just thinking of that. <laughs> and I'm listening to them go back and forth on what they're doing and I could just absorb all that. It was a, it was a very uh, beneficial time for me as a bodybuilder. And now years later, I think it was a very, very beneficial time for me as a coach because you're not going to get better first-hand knowledge than that they just there aren't books on that there's no class in school where you can learn the things that these guys know like you say hands-on is everything the one thing i noticed about pj which i wanted to say on this podcast he lets the first when he's having a conversation with someone he lets them talk first absorbs them uh learn their personality and then he speaks and i'm starting to advocate that and i'm actually starting to do that which i highly respect well i mean there's a number of psychological tools that come with letting somebody f speak first. They're going to give you the information that you, that you want to hear. 100%. When you ask somebody a question, they often answer it the way they think that you want. Um, when you just let somebody talk, they're, they're generally going to give you more and more information that way. And I also like to see where somebody's thinking first. Like many times on this podcast, as the, as the host of the show or as the, the feature, speaker of the show, I'll talk a lot. That's my job. Um, but the, the right thing to do on the podcast is to ask the other person questions and hear their perspective first before I give anything back. And I'll tell you, I've, I've definitely learned some things uh, over the years, some completely different things. I've learned things about, you know, adults from Kendra Lust. I've learned some different things uh, from Tony Huge. And, and each guest that you have on, if you allow them to speak, you get to hear these different perspectives. But not everybody wants to just put their information out. That's the thing. That's true. Um, I will put out everything on this show. And um, a lot of people are not going to want to put as much information as I put out out. But at this point in life, I've been so honest for so long. I feel like there's no turning back at this point. I mean, honesty is the key. It's the thing with everything. You know, what I learned. I think a lot of people um, often question if I will, you know, put my foot in my mouth or cause problems or whatever with some of the things that I say, but I'm going to always call it like it is. Call it how you see I it. think that you're, you're a very similar person in that mindset. Well, it goes, I look like a dumbass if uh, people ask me, are, are you taking anything? I mean, <laughs> come on, dude. I got veins popping out of my fucking eyebrows. 
<laughs> I think at this stage in bodybuilding, people are a lot more open than they used to be. When, when, I'll tell you, when I was competing, no one spoke about anything. It was hard to see anybody speaking about information. Um, the first person who ever gave me information, of course, was Dave Palumbo. And I learned a lot from him. And then you find out as you go along that people do things much differently. And, um, you know, the best thing you can, you can do is just listen to what other people are doing. But some really good advice that was given to me from uh, Quincy Taylor many, many years ago. And a lot of people won't remember Quincy Taylor. He was an enormous, enormous, enormous bodybuilder, 300 pounds on stage. And he said to me, why the fuck would Phil Heath tell you what he's doing? Why would, why would this person tell you what he's doing so you can be like them and be as good as them or, or be better than them? He's like, they ain't going to tell you the truth. I'll tell you the truth because I don't give a fuck. And uh, I thought that was actually pretty important. You know, a lot of people are going to look at you as competition and they may not want to tell you the truth where there are the people that will, of course, tell you the truth. It's just a matter of finding them. It's true. Um, switching gears. We've spent a lot of time talking about this uh, show. What is going to happen for you after the show? Let's say you go in and win. Then you're qualified for the Olympia. You're obviously going to do that. If you go in and you take second, third, fourth, fifth, what happens then? Looks like there's another show in the books. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, obviously a quick cleanup, you know, uh, reverse reverse diet and stuff like that, and then uh, go to the drawing board. Which my drawing board is consists of three people, um, actually about usually about two. Um, it's between PJ and Chris, and then a couple of the guys in the call center, stuff like that. Usually just Billy, and I kind of like bounce ideas off of them. What about your wife? Kiara, she's always she's always likes the show, so she loves the shape I'm in. So, but is she she is not competing anymore, right? No, she's I, actually taking the vegan route. Is she ever going to compete again? I don't want her to. I think yeah, I mean, I don't. I personally don't like the person that I'm dating competing either. But she was very into it when she was doing it. The thing is, she's the biggest supporter, and like she's my ride or die. I just want to tell her uh, I love you, Kiara. Aww. I hope you watch this. She will. Uh, she is. He, he is. I, I don't like to use the word lucky. He is fortunate um, that he has such a supportive girl. I mean, I, I've met a lot of couples over the years and I've met some very, very truly happy couples, but not many. Um, but she is one of the most ride or die girls I've ever met in my life, especially if you know me. It's hard to deal with. <laughs> Uh, I like the honesty. So, all right, well, if you did decide that you were going to do another show, of course we support it here. I think that if you don't win, that you should focus on putting more size on. And then, of course, if you do win, then you have the Olympia. So that's definitely in the books. And I'll be honest, at the end of the day, I do take PJ's advice over actually anyone's. I mean, if you think about my career, yeah, he said you could do nationals, um, take time off. I took time off. You know, it's just on the cards. And to be honest, this is where the show is going to show me where I stand. Um, it's a stacked lineup, and I'm going up against a guy that I think is favorited. He might not be favorited, but I think he's favorited, and he's, he has a foot of, uh, about a foot. You're talking about uh, Jonathan King Hambrick. Yeah, Jonathan Hambrick. Uh, I know I told Sammy, I said, listen, he is very tall and he's very big, and he is going to be much bigger than you on stage. It doesn't mean he's going to be better, um, but you better come in as full and hard as you possibly can because, you know, it's a lot of height difference. And so you couldn't get two more different physiques. Um, but this is a good test. You, you need to, you want to go against the guys that are good. Hey, he made it to Olympia, so. Yeah, that's how you find out where you really stack up. So we're looking forward to that. Um, I wish that I was going to be at that show. Is anyone that we know going to be there? As in company-wise or yeah. family-wise? No, not company-wise. Um, so. Your family, of course, will be yeah, there. My aunt, because my grandma is actually in Irving and my aunt. So it's my mom's sister. So they're coming with us. Kiara's coming. Um, so I have a little a little bit of an audience. And I expect there'll be a lot of people at this show because it's Texas. Yeah, huge Texas bodybuilding. Texas and it's... Huge bodybuilding state. They're actually saying it's going to be a very favorite show because of the lineup especially in the classic, uh, classic physique division. Well, I will say that with all this competing, that Sammy has still been on top of his job. He hasn't slacked at all. He's put, he was actually putting in sales backstage uh, at his last show, which I was very impressed by. And um, he, he always hustles. He always works hard. 
And um, it's something that, you know, we're very proud of here at Blackstone Labs. You know, of course, we're proud of what you've done as a bodybuilder. But as, as an employee and a worker, we are, I'll use the word fortunate again, we're very fortunate to have somebody like you. I would, I would uh, be as bold to say that I don't know anyone that actually works harder than Sammy. I actually do know somebody that, that works as hard as Sammy. His name is Guy Cisternino. And I always say that Guy Cisternino is the hardest working man in bodybuilding. Um, but anybody can work hard in the gym. That's an hour or two hours of your day. Um, and yes, there are people that can be meticulous with their planning. But to do all that and work a full-time job, especially a sales job, and still accelerate in sales is impressive. It's a lot It's a lot on, on your plate at all times. You do very well with it. Well, I got a good team behind me. I guess you can say that. And you guys are very supportive of what you guys done. And I also learned a lot. So it goes to show it's Blackstone Labs is more than just a company. It's a family. We are a family. That being said, we have our family um, contest every year, which is the Beat PJ, which is underway now. And the signups are still going on. You have till the end of the month to sign up. I, I really encourage you guys get into this. It's $10,000 for first place. You get all the products if you win. You get all the apparel if you win. You get a photo shoot with orangutan if you win. You get now a trip to Steve Weinberger's gym is a new prize that I added into it. Bev Francis is nice. Um, and if you've never been to the, the Bev Francis gym in Syosset, it's the, it's the East Coast. East Coast, Mexico. Coast, Mexico. It'll be a cool chance. You'll get to train with me. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Sammy comes up to that one also. Um, and it's, it's up in New York, so you don't even know who else is going to be up there. You'll probably run into some big-name people there. Harash Mar- uh, Rabar. Juan is there pretty much every time I go. Sadiq. Sadiq. You have all, all these big name people. Um, and that brings me to the judges of this show. So I have announced so far uh, that I have Orangutan and Christina Pilo, which are the hottest uh, photographers really in the world. Orangutan has 1.8 million followers. Um, Man knows how to take a photo. Yes, he does. I have Steve <laughs> Weinberger, who, with exception to Jim Mannion, has stared at more amazing physiques than anybody ever. I mean, this guy has judged the Olympia, and he's going to judge this physique contest. I have J.M. Mannion, who is the, the president's son, who has been the official photographer since 84 or 85, I believe he said. So this guy has seen it all as well. And now, tonight, nobody knows about this yet, but this podcast won't be out fast enough. Uh, tonight, I'll be announcing that Generation Iron is going to be uh, guest judging as well. So I'm bringing in a very, very, very diverse group. And I still have one more judge that I will announce uh, as the week goes on. I'm, I'm, I'm locking it down. Um, but it's pretty cool to you know, be competing in something that you're going to be in front of all these people for. 100%. Um, I think it's actually very creative what you did this year versus like previous years. This is the first year that I went outside of the Blackstone Labs family uh, for judging. But I think it makes it extremely fair. Especially having a real IFBB judge judging the mm-hmm. non bodybuilders. Yeah. I'm not saying you guys are, everyone's a bodybuilder at the end of the day. Uh, if you're trying to build a physique or change your physique, you're still a bodybuilder. And I, I, I really appreciate that the judges are doing this. I, I you know, I, I don't ask for as many things as I should. I, I'm starting to learn that I should ask for more things with, with how much I do over the years. But how much you give. Each person that I asked was very happy to do it. Yeah. Steve mean, said sure as soon as I asked him I was, I was like alright I understand if you don't want to do it and he was like no sure and J- JM JM acted like he was like honored that I asked him which I thought was really really cool JM has gone through a massive change the past two years he's lost 75 pounds I mean he's changed dramatically and the man could take a good photo <laughs> yeah so there's a lot there's a lot going on with this contest I'm very excited about it and that brings us to the questions uh, I don't think there are too many questions I believe that you have them um, and we will answer the questions now. I encourage you guys to keep submitting your questions to askpgbrawn at blackstonelabs.com because when I'm not doing interviews like the way I just did with Sammy, we're just going to be answering all your questions on here. Do you want me to remove? Yes, I do. Okay. So, PJ, this is from our... So, something I want to say, if it's your first time reading the questions, sometimes the people say, please don't say my name. They'll usually say it at the end. Um, if nobody said that in there, you can say their name. Uh, you included at the end. Okay, so. good. All right, this is from R Dog. Uh, R Dog, what should I do with my 10 grand from the Beat the PJ Wings? <laughs> this is actually an A, B, C, D question. Okay. A, start a 529 college fund for my son. 
B, get my white trash dream car, the Mustang. Okay. Max out my wife and I's R uh, Roth IRA. Ooh. D, buy 10 grand in Blackstone Labs products. Ha! Well, if you win, you get a shitload of Blackstone Labs products anyway. So what is, what is your advice before I give mine? What is my answer? Yeah, what is your uh, answer? My opinion? Uh, ever since looking into my future, I'll go with C. Max out my wife's and eyes, her Roth IRA. So you can't go wrong there, but here's the thing. Here's why I would go away from, from that answer is I've been through a very, very bad divorce. So you got to be really careful with where you give money as far as where the wives are concerned. So for that reason, I'm going to put it into my son's college fund and um, make it easier for him to, him to go to school if you don't get any kind of student loans or anything like that. That'll help out a lot. Good question. Good question. Well, our dog. Next question. So, this is from the caption is TRT. Let me just make sure. Yeah, it's Albino Rhino. What's up, PJ? Appreciate y'all uh, y'all taking the time to answer uh, questions and information from your Q and A. So, thank you for that. So, as you know, I recently did blood work on uh, Jenna Gray's recommendation, mm -hmm. and wouldn't uh, uh, wouldn't you know, my test levels were low. And, uh, and I quote, as an eighty year old man. So that was what I told him, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, so the company I went to is Revive. They're uh, putting me on Sibinate, ACG, and something for estrogen. I'm guessing he's recommending a natural result, yep. probably. I can't remember the name. I have a phone uh, consultation on Wednesday before they uh, prescribe anything. My question to you, do you think I will finally start seeing results with my progression? I followed uh, Jen's plan to a T, and the weight just doesn't uh, want to come off. Seems like the closer I get to the 240s, the harder it is. I'm a long way from uh, the 364 that I was, but man, I want to get to the uh, my goal of 215. Any advice going into this? Much appreciated. Well, he's lost a lot of weight. Um, the guy's very consistent, he's, and he's he's put on a lot of strength, also. 100. But with the testosterone level that he had, which was like I don't even know if it was 200. It was bad. Um, with the testosterone level that he had you're never gonna get the results that you want being that low. Your, your body is, is not designed to put on muscle. Your body's not designed to burn fat. So I think that not only is he gonna speed up his progression, I think he's gonna feel dramatically better. And he's gonna put on muscle and burn fat at the same time. And I, I think that he'll speed through to his goals now. I think it'll be dramatically better for him. I definitely agree. I don't... Um, I don't think that you guys, and I've said this a thousand times, need to worry about the HCG unless you're specifically trying to have kids. And I understand why the doctors are doing that. But if you're not trying to have kids, if you're past that stage in life, if you're not trying to have kids, I feel that all the HCG does is confuse your body when you're throwing it in with the testosterone. And HCG is stronger than you guys think. Um, it can absolutely uh, spike your estrogen. It can do a number of things that you don't need it to do. Now, Myself, personally, I actually would like to have kids someday. So, yes, there is a reason for me to put HCG in. But if you're just going to stay on the, the HRT dose of testosterone for the rest of your life, you really don't need to do the HCG. I'm not a big fan. I break out in hives. It happens to a lot of people. The HCG will make you break out. So. And trust me, guys, being on anabolics and stuff like that, you can get your girl pregnant. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Billy's a good example. <laughs> yes, Billy is a good example. All right, next question. So uh, it's the caption is Brutal Force. Oh, he introduced himself. He just says his name's Al. Okay. I just want to know if I can have a few beers while I'm on this cycle. No more than a six-pack. Thanks. Absolutely. I don't see why not. Nope. Make sure you take gear support. Yeah, beer is so mild on your system, guys. And, and these products, these oral products that we make, they're not methylated, so they're not beating up your liver. Do you want to go in depth a little bit with the liposome delivery system, or did you kind of already do that? Um, we have before, but uh, we can definitely go into it now. Um, by all means, spe speak on it. So, just it's your from, time to shine, Sammy. When you think of liposomal delivery system, you got to think of a fat soluble and a water soluble. Um, obviously, everything that's oral goes through the liver, but when your body's made of water and fat, it's easily it's easily absorbed in your system. So you're kind of not bypassing the liver, but getting a better nutrient delivery so up to maybe 90 percent so you're actually getting the full compound when you get four andro 
being that for Andrew, once it hits the bloodstream, it does convert to testosterone. I think that a lot of people think of like brutal force and stuff like this as like aggressive pro hormones that are wrecking your liver and they're not guys. So first of all, drinking is bad for you anyway, but it's muscle tissue. I'm not going to tell you that you can't drink. And if you are going to drink beer is so much easier on your system than slamming vodkas like I used to drink, you know, oh, so man. no one can drink faster or a bottle of kettle one faster. Than <laughs> uh, I used to be proud of it back then, but definitely not anymore. So you'll be fine on you'll be fine on your beers. I mean, definitely functional question for the podcast. Um, it says I'm going to refer to as super fit Lisa. My question is based around uh, training. I know who Superfit Lisa is. She's, she's a very, 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 very sweet woman. I actually like this question. It's actually yeah. very detailed. Uh, so delayed onset um, muscle soreness. Doms. Yep, doms. Okay. I seem to get uh, every this every time I increase weights. The problem is when I'm uh, working out and uh, warmed up, I can't tell that I've uh, overdone it. What are some of the body signals that uh, you see in yourself that tell you to stop before you've overdone it? In the gym? Yes. When your pump goes away. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. To me, you know, when you're when you're in the zone, as soon as your pump goes away, you've done too much. But I always was chasing that pump hard. So if I was training and I had a workout where my pump was just getting better and better and better, I would often just keep on going. And sometimes, yeah, you can overdo it when you're like that. I, I think that the most important thing that you need to pay attention to when you're training, the most important signal that you need to listen to is when something hurts or if something doesn't feel right. Because what many of us do when we're young, we're in the zone is we think I'm gonna push through this pain. Pain is weakness leaving the body and all these like crazy sayings. And honestly, pain is your body saying, hey, don't do this, stop doing this. And so that's the thing that you really wanna pay attention to. Are things hurting? Are, are things starting to feel weird when you're training? If you're getting to that point, then right then and there, you're probably overdoing it. But as far as the delayed onset muscle soreness goes, being sore, is not an indicator of a good workout, just so you guys know that. You can actually train hard as fuck, excuse my language, and not be that sore after just because you're nailing your nutrition, you're nailing your supplements the right way. So I don't want you to think like, I'm sore, I worked out hard. I'm not sore, I didn't work out hard enough. I'm too sore, I must have worked out too hard. It, it, it really comes down to hydration, nutrition, all these things that are big, big factors in how sore you're gonna be after you train. I mean, you answered it correctly. All those variables come into play. Huge. If you're lacking nutrition, good luck if you're going to recover. If you're lacking hydration, good luck getting a pump. If you're yeah, the hydration hungry. is very, very, very big. I don't think a lot of people realize that. I'm, I'm, I have a problem with being properly hydrated these days. When I was competing, it was much different. And you're going to increase your risk of injury when you're dehydrated. And if you're not hydrated properly, you're going to be more sore also. Remember the uh, when we were talking about the injection of saline? Yes. Oh, man, that'd be a... Time saver. Imagine getting sailing intravenous in yourself every morning, yep. and you don't have to drink any water for the rest of the day. Man, I talked about this. I, coincidentally, I talked about this on my Q&A today that if you could take in 500 mLs or a liter of saline every day, it would be equivalent to, to drinking like two and a half gallons of water. I totally agree. But with with because of the saline has salt in it, it, it you'd get the electrolyte benefit that also. fucking pump is stupid, yep. man. It's huge. Stupid. <laughs> I always seem to get this uh, le on leg day, and it literally has me walking around like I have uh, leg braces on. Extreme muscles, uh, extreme soreness that typically lasts three to four days. Yes. I don't know if this is correct, but I train through the pain by doing cardio and focusing on uh, my other body parts, arms, back, etc. I still I sit in the sauna afterwards and stretch. I don't think the sauna is beneficial after, to be honest. No, me either. The muscle stiffness and pain seems to be at its worst when I'm sedentary. She has a sedentary job at work, and yep. less than when I'm moving around. I figure training through the pain is uh, probably better than sitting around. Let me know. Thanks, guys. Well, when you're sitting around, the circulation changes, and that's part of the reason why you're getting so sore. That's why some mild stretching, mild walking, even slow pedaling on a bike, for instance, will help you get that lactic acid out. It's trapped in there. It has to get out. Now, legs are the biggest group of muscles, so you're going to feel the most soreness. It, a lot of soreness comes down to how big the muscle is, how much area there is to be sore. You think, you think about your, your bicep. If you've got a huge bicep, your bicep's like the size of a softball. Most people's biceps are like the size of fucking golf balls. You know what I mean? So now imagine how big your glutes are 
or how big your quads are. It's dramatically bigger. So you're going to notice the soreness way, way more. If you, if you want my advice on how to get rid of soreness more, I think the most, well, people argue what the most beneficial things are. Hydration, again, is key. Nutrition is key. Supplementation is key. But if you want an extra thing that you can do that helps with soreness a lot, massage therapy. Massage 100%. therapy will help with, with soreness a lot. 100%. And if you can afford cryotherapy, that'll help you a lot too. But getting a weekly massage will get that lactic, that lactic acid broke down out of the tissue faster and it will 100% aid, aid in the recovery and, and the lack of soreness a lot. And if you can't afford both those, grab a foam roller. Amazon, 20 mm -hmm. bucks. Go on YouTube, type in self-myofascial release, yep. and watch the videos, do them uh, correctly, and don't overdo it. It's the same thing with training. Yep. Don't overdo it. Uh, that's it for the questions, BJ. Do you have anything else you want to say? Um, I did not uh, expect a lot of questions because we just did the show with Billy, but I'm very happy that we're able to get this one up uh, this week, and I did want to do a podcast with you also. So, Hey, maybe I'll rotate you, uh, you guys all the time. Um, well, hopefully I get some good feedback. Yeah, I want, I want your feedback on Sammy. I did get very good uh, feedback from Billy. I assume that Billy will listen to this podcast to, to judge you and see how good you did versus him. How do you think I did? I think you did good. I think that um, we talked a lot on certain subjects, which some people will really like. Um, and then other people will say that we spoke too much. It's a matter of opinion. I've done podcasts with like Kenny KO, for instance, that were like three hours because we were just going on and on and on. There's certain subjects that are easy to, to, to talk about. And then I've done podcasts with uh, like Tom Sturgeon, for instance, that were fast because he didn't have a lot to say. So I knew that me and you were gonna have a lot to say. Um, and I knew that it would be on the longer winded side. I do think that there's gonna be a lot of people that really like that so i i just want your guys honest feedback you know when we first started this this radio show we had chris heron as the host and after going to josh a lot of people said that they didn't like chris heron which he wasn't doing anything wrong he was just reading the questions you know so people really enjoyed josh and he he added a lot of um flair and flavor uh to the show and you know there's not another personality like josh's personality there's going to be completely different personalities that we bring on the show now and fuck's my water um you guys have very different personalities but you're both very uh intelligent you're both very well versed in the things that we're going to talk about here it just comes down to how open do people want to be when they're on the show exactly um well i really appreciate you coming on and doing the show with me especially when you're leaving um we will have this show up uh, before your prejudging starts. So hopefully anybody that listens to this, you can send Sammy a message and um, tell him good luck. And also, if you have a store um, or if you have a gym or if you're looking to get Blackstone Labs products wholesale, Sammy is the guy. S-A-M-I dot G-H-A. Just one M, guys. Just one M. Dot G-H-A-N-E-M at BlackstoneLabs.com. There it is. Um... I think we covered it all. I'm very excited, like I said, about the BPJ. I'm very excited about your show this weekend. And um, I'm excited about all the things we have going on at Blackstone Labs. I'm not going to talk too much about the Braun Army right now because there's a lot to go. I'm really excited about that. The Braun Army is awesome. We're going we're gonna to leave them waiting for that one, though. And we're going to shut it down. We do have a marketing meeting coming up now anyway. Um, and I always close out the shows the same way with a peace out bye. I just want to say thank you. Have a good one, guys.